Welcome to Boomcast at the Movies, folks. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 We need, like, a Hollywood. Is that the Hawaii Five O theme song? Either that or John Cena. Oh, one of the two. I didn't oh, mean to make it John Cena. Hawaii Five O is like, da, 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 yeah. da, da, And then John Cena's like, burr, burr, burr. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen him in a while. You can't see him, but you can always hear him. Yeah. But, yeah, so... I actually, I was at one point doing custom theme songs for every Boomcast of the movies that we had. And I'm Ian. <laughs> I don't think I introduced myself yet. You I just had, did. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> you did, and then I John cena everything up. Okay, don't. Yeah, you can't John Cena me, dog. That'll, I, that's confusing. We should just make one fucking song and use it. Like like Roger and Ebert and, you know, Cisco Yeah, and I should. That. I should do yeah. that. But, but yeah, he's Ian. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Jew. And, I, I can't uh, follow that. That was the best. <laughs> anyway, we watched Baby Driver. Which we did. This is this is the first movie I've seen in a while, like at the theater. I think. What was the last movie that that I saw, Frank? I, I don't know. I don't uh, either. Last movie I saw before this one was Wonder Woman, which is a better movie. I haven't seen Wonder Woman. It's a better movie. I was expecting this to be a baby geniuses kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Okay, so um, let's talk about our expectations that we had for the movie before we saw it. Yeah, because we all had very varying expectations. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and and lead up, um, or lead. Um, I learned about this movie in April. I was chilling over at my uncle's place, and he had TV, and I haven't had TV in a while, so I haven't seen, like, commercials for things. And we were watching a trailer... a channel on the television that was all trailers for movies. And this trailer came on, and I was like, oh, a red Subaru WRX. This has my interest peaked. And so um, I watched the trailer, and I was like, I put it in my phone to look up this movie Baby Driver, solely for the reason that the hero car was a Subaru Impreza WRX, and it was red. That's important. Not the rally blue with the gold or bronze wheels. I felt like that detail alone was worth uh, taking a further look into the movie to see what it was about. Um, And I put it on my list, and then I saw that the movie was going to be released in theaters and said, hey, Frank, let's go watch this movie. Yeah, I I actually heard about this movie. I was listening to the Mark Maron WTF podcast, and he had Walter Hill on, who's the guy who did The Driver. Okay. And Walter, like, he was talking about, oh, I hear a... Edgar Wright's making a movie called Baby Driver that apparently takes a lot of inspiration from my movie, so shout-outs to them. And I was like, really? And then I saw um, I saw a poster for it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you were like, hey, do you want to see it? go see it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I went in I went in expecting, like, solid 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like, just middle of the road. I, I went in expecting literally the biggest piece of shit movie I've ever been disappointed by. I literally had no idea what it was. <laughs> I saw Kevin Spacey. It was like, okay, cool. The president's here, and it's got something to do with baby geniuses. This kid's retarded. <laughs> what is this movie? So did you see any promotional material or anything beforehand? I or? literally saw a 10-second teaser that I scrolled past on Facebook and didn't bother okay. looking at, where I saw Kevin Spacey's face and the word baby driver. Cool. I actually thought it was going to be one of those movies where it's really dumb, but everybody tells me it's really smart. Mm-hmm. Like Fight Club or something. And then well, I'm glad we somehow managed to all be on the same page when we walked out of that theater. Yeah. Um, so I guess I will say, when I did see the trailer, I did see Kevin Spacey and Jamie Foxx, and I was surprised they got a couple heavy hitter actors. Um, I'm a big fan of The Driver and Drive. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling... That was a movie that I did not watch when it came out because I was convinced that it was going to be a terrible movie. And it wasn't until years after it came out when you were like, yeah, that's an amazing movie that I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll watch it. And then it turned out to be one of my favorite movies of all time. So I was actually the same way. I didn't see Drive in the theaters, although I have a feeling if I had heard that Kavinsky song, because I didn't see a trailer for it, and Mm -hmm. I know that like Night Call was in the trailers. If I had that trailer, I would have totally watched it in the theater, but I just didn't. It's funny how I think sometimes the process of discovering a movie can like be an interesting story in and of itself and build like 
be part of your experience with the movie. Yeah. Um, so when I saw the trailer for Baby Driver, obviously, aside from being interested in the car, I was also interested in the connections with the driver and drive because there seemed to be some pretty obvious nods towards those movies, you know, with the character looking a lot like um, Ryan Gosling and having the driving gloves and all you of that. You thought that kid looked like Ryan Gosling? Well, the way he's dressed and too cool for school and his lack of facial expressions and things of that nature. I thought he looked like Michael Sarah, but... I thought he looked like young Elvis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about his facial structure. I'm talking about his demeanor. Oh, okay. I still got young Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I, I still got like his demeanor was young Elvis. Yeah, like you know he's dancing everywhere. He has that uh, Georgian accent. Yeah, I was actually trying very hard once I discovered that this was a movie about driving cars and there were no children in the movie. I was trying very hard not to compare it to Drive. Mm-hmm. I did not know about this lineage until walking out of that theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was also interesting, too, because before seeing the movie, I told one of my friends I was going to go see it, and he was like, oh, I really like Edgar Wright's movies. And I was like, who's Edgar Wright? Because I don't I do not do movies at that level. Like, I will I will go watch a movie if I think it looks interesting. I don't really usually look into, like, the production of the movie. Um, and then when I learned who Edgar Wright was, I was a little bit apprehensive because... Although I'm not, I, I, I definitely want to say I don't think his movies are bad, but I don't enjoy his movies. And so I got kind of worried that, oh, I'm probably really not going to enjoy this movie because I don't really enjoy any of this guy's movies. Uh, that's not to say that his movies are bad, but um, they have never clicked with me. Yeah, I, 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 his movies, I think, um, I really like Spaced, which was a TV show that he did with Simon Pegg before he started making movies. I think Sean of the Dead is overrated. I really, really enjoy Hot Fuzz, but I, I don't think, and I honestly, I probably only think Shaun of the Dead's overrated because it's zombies, and I was burnt out on zombies by the time I watched it, because mm-hmm. everything was zombies at that point. I really like Hot Fuzz. Scott Pilgrim was okay. Uh, I haven't seen World's End. I feel more that he's either, when he's good, he's great, or when he's not, it's a waste of your time. I don't yeah. really even think there's much of a middle ground, like... Again, I've seen World's End, I've seen, you know, Scott Pilgrim, all that shit. And there are other movies where I'm like, man, that's a fucking classic. I could totally light up and watch that again. Or it's like, I never want to see that again. Like, World's End, I don't need to see that ever again. I saw that in the theater, it was like, cool, that's good enough for me. Scott Pilgrim, I'll watch again. I don't even think it's more middling, because I'm not obsessed with the books and stuff like some people are. I just liked watching Michael Sarah get punched in the face, and (laughs) I thought that it was filmed well enough. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable enough. Um, yeah. That's what I usually get out of them. Hot Fuzz was great. Uh, Shaun of the Dead I liked a lot. But none of them are ever just kind of like, meh, I could do with or without that. It's either I wasted my time or I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and th- that's interesting because I feel like Baby Driver is the movie where it's like, eh. <laughs> Baby Driver was a waste of my time. <laughs> and I have nothing but free time right now in my life. Yeah, a baby driver is closer to the Scott Pilgrim um, spectrum. Okay, so on the spectrum of Edgar Wright, I'd say there's like it's from my most favorite of his movies to my least favorite. It's Scott Pilgrim, Hot Fuzz, which I went and read the synopsis, and that is the one movie that I, I do kind of like where they go to yeah. the village and there's like the stupid twist at the end. And okay, and then um, uh, Shaun of the Dead and World's End are pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't like those movies. I, I would not watch them a second time. Hot Fuzz I'd probably watch a second time just for kicks, I think. Yeah, to give Hot it Fuzz for shot. me is a rewatch movie. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll pop it in every now and again. It's not like, it's not yearly requirement like Drive or mm-hmm. Goodfellas or Chinatown or Blade Runner. It's not one of those, but mm-hmm. it's like, I haven't seen Hot Fuzz in a while. I might as well toss it in. Yeah. And the reason I like Scott Pilgrim is because I like the source material. Yeah, that's and a big so, part of Scott Pilgrim. So that movie gets uh, plus 10 to attack because of the source material and me enjoying the source material. Um, I feel like Baby Driver is similar, even though the source material isn't... It's not like a direct adaptation of anything. It's still in that sort of lore of the getaway driver i don't i don't know it's it's not an official genre but you know how like there are kung fu movies <laughs> at, the, at this point it kind of is because right in this lineage there are four movies now and a video game series 
What's the video game? The story? Driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Driver is based on The Driver. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you, you I thought have... Driver was based on poor business practices. Well, later it was. Okay. But you have, you, have the, uh, you have Lee Samurai, the Herman Melville film about an assassin, which, was, which the driver was basically that with cars, mm-hmm. then driver video game, then uh, Drive, which, you know, got a lot from the driver, including having a protagonist that barely says anything, mm-hmm. and then Baby Driver, which is sad except extremely stylized. Yeah, and... Um, In a different fashion than Drive. Yeah, definitely. The Driver, Drive, and Baby Driver are definitely three unique flavors. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting to me that I put them in the same category because they're they're only in that same category because of their subject matter, but their approach to the subject matter is completely different for each of the three films. Um, you could say that they're different genres that tackle the same material, right? Yeah, I would say the driver and driver both in the drama category or drama. Yeah, yeah. Genre. Um, but I, action. I don't, I don't know what you'd call that genre, but like. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like suspense, drama, thriller, almost for drive. And the driver is definitely has a suspenseful feel. Oh, yeah. There was not that much suspense at all in Baby Driver. It felt more like your romping hall, uh, Hollywood summer movie, you know, go and watch it with your friends and stuff blows up. And essentially the typical Transformers or whatnot. The other reason this movie's not garbage to me is because I've seen Transformers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of interesting, too. One thing that I did notice, because we are apparently outliers with how we feel about this movie. This thing has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes so right now. let's briefly summarize our feelings on the movie, then. Because if, if, if everything's generally positive, and we're outliers, then we have a generally negative opinion on the movie. So yeah. someone someone take it away and explain why they specifically... We're not a fan of the movie. I feel like Baby Driver is a story of wasted potential. Mm -hmm. It tries to do a lot of things, and it doesn't necessarily do any of them all that well. You have the jokes, but you don't have enough jokes to make it a a, a full-on comedy. You have car chases and action, but the car chases and action aren't really good enough to elevate it to a good action movie. Like yeah. the shooting, it's no John Wick. The car chases, it's no, it's no the driver. Yeah. The drama, it, it, uh, the, like the, take the plot with uh, that girl. That entire plot could be dumped out of the movie and not really have any effect on it. Which is crazy because that girl is the linchpin for the entire scenario. Yeah. I want to keep her safe and escape. And she's fucking cardboard. She's completely, like, doesn't matter. At yeah. all, and I feel like a, a big problem with my one of the big problems that I have with the movie is that all of the characters are kind of one dimensional. Yeah, definitely. That would be my criticism as well. It falls sim- similar in line with yours, Frank. Where I feel like the movie tried to do a lot of things, but what's interesting about the movie is it did certain things well, but then it did those same certain things very poorly. Like at the very start of the movie, they actually do some like quote-unquote character development with the main character where he's like dancing in the car waiting for his buddies to complete this heist and like they're giving him they're giving him he's doing things that give you insight into who he is but then later on they do a 180 with that Um, and they do this with every single aspect of the movie the car chase at the very start with the subaru wrx sti is a very good car chase yeah um all the other car chases are very very bad um from a like technical perspective like if i'm i'm a big fan of like rally racing and racing in general and so watching the first car chase was pretty cool because he was actually doing drifts around corners where the turning radius is narrower or more narrow than the wheelbase of the car which is like actual legitimate rally racing technique and i was like wow whoever set this up was doing a good job of actually like doing a an intelligent car chase but that flies out the window after the first car chase scene um, the cinematography, some of it's really good, and then some of it is just, it's very obvious that they're trying to, like, frame the shots a specific way, and that it falls apart. Um, the characters, these try to have characterization of your main characters, and that falls apart. And so it's it's interesting, because the movie, at its high parts, I feel like, oh, it's actually a pretty good movie. The, the plot, they start to 
kind of throw a plot together, and then there are these huge holes that don't make any sense. And, uh, and a lot of stuff like that happens to where by the time I left the theater, first I, first I had incredibly low expectations, and immediately I was like, wow, this movie's going to be better than I thought it was. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, wow, this movie, it could have been so much better. Like, it, it got my hopes up, and then it, and then it decided to, to not deliver on those promises it made at the start. That's how I felt about it, too. I, um, I don't know what this movie is. The movie starts, they get out, they go to rob the bank. I see we have the guy from The Walking Dead that rubs his head is there. Mm, yeah. None of these characters have anything going on, but it's okay. We're here to be introduced to Baby Driver Man. And then he immediately starts acting, I thought there was something wrong with him. Right. And then I was like, am I about to watch a movie about a mentally handicapped guy driving cars? Drive. Like, they hammed it up too much. <laughs> Drive. <laughs> I felt they hammed that shit up too much, but then I'm like, okay, if they're going to use that, they're going to use that. I'm not going to let that be what sinks my heart. Then we get that sick car chase. Yeah, that was and a I'm really like, good car chase. Okay, so we're going for that. We're going for the awkward guy, but he's got a talent. They go and they have him getting coffee and he's still doing the fucking singing and dancing. And I'm like, I don't understand what they're going for there. But then there was another time they did it the second time. And you see he's visibly shaken now because he's not really he's out of his element. He's in over his head. He's not really a hardened criminal like these guys are. And he's nervous. And I'm like, is that what they're going for? But then it doesn't matter because they just dropped all of that. This is a movie that it tries to establish things to be interesting and then immediately contradicts itself and then just throws shit out the window when it's no longer useful. So I felt like they were just wasting their time on some of these things instead of making it a tighter movie. Yeah, it definitely does fall apart in the details. Um, I think, I can't remember... If we talk about plot, like specifically plot, then yeah, the details make it fall apart. Yeah, um, and I can't remember who said it the other night, but... Um, this movie is like a, the perfect movie to just show clips of. Yeah, because, I said that. Yeah, because each like you can take clips out of the movie, and in small parts, it's a it's pretty entertaining. Like you could just take some dialogue pieces and be like, "Oh, those were some funny lines delivered." I'll go check out this. Like it's a great movie it's if you a, needed to make a trailer for it. It's yeah. a movie filmed for trailers. Yeah. To digress on trailers for a moment, it's like I was saying last night where. Trailers, if you watch a lot of them, and I don't want to be that guy who's all, oh, the things were better back in the day, but if you watch a lot of trailers for movies like from the 80s and 90s, they're cut so that they explain enough of the plot to get you hooked to want to see it. Whereas trailers now are just basically full of moments, and then they get you on the hook by like, look at how much cool shit happens in this movie, and they don't really give you any of the plot, so you don't know what to expect. Yeah, go watch the trailer for A Weekend at Bernie's, and then compare that to, like, a modern movie trailer. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, any comedy movie. It's just, it, it, like... The thing about this movie, though, I went off on a little bit of a tirade, but... <laughs> you look at this movie, and, like, again, you, I try not to compare it to Drive. You look at Drive. Drive had style, but the substance is what made the style matter. The style was there to enhance the substance. This was a movie where all they fucking cared about was style. They wanted characters like Jamie Foxx that said stupid, cool things. They wanted fancy cars doing fancy things. They wanted the soundtrack yeah. to be kicking. Um, it's like, it's the equivalent of Transformers. Like, when you have a baby, ironically enough, and you jingle keys in its face, it gets stimulated and it shuts the fuck up. And that's what these movies tend to be. Let me just throw car chases and explosions and licensed music at you. And who fucking cares about the plot and the characters because, like, you heard the people walking out of the theater with this, oh, I wish there were more fights. The fighting was cool. I like the action. Yeah. Like, I'm curious. Uh, why don't you want to draw comparisons between this uh, Baby Driver and Drive? Like, what is there, is there a reason you don't want to draw comparisons between the two? Because I think it's pretty interesting I don't, to compare them just because it's it's... I don't want my whole thing to turn into it's not Drive, so I don't like it. Gotcha. Because Drive is a movie that is held in very high regard because it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear the complaints of, well, just because it's not Drive doesn't mean it can't be a good movie. I want people to understand why I did not like this movie. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And it's too easy to just say, well, it wasn't like the better movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is an interesting movie because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's not. Okay. Unlike a lot of Edgar Wright's films where I'm like, they're probably good movies. I just don't enjoy them. 
Baby Driver is a movie where after thinking about it more, I'm like, you know what? It's not a good movie, but I actually enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed it in the same way that I enjoy games like Earth Defense Force. They're not, they're not like, well put together, really, but there's something about the source material, the, uh, the content, that I find appealing, and as a result, I can get into it. And um, I, I wouldn't watch Baby Driver again just because there's not I'm not going to get anything out of it because there is no substance to it. But as a movie to sit down with friends friends and watch, it was pretty it, it was pretty okay because like there were parts where we laughed out loud. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Like, and yeah. I can't if a movie makes me laugh, I cannot overlook that. Um, Everything you know, I laughed at in this movie was me laughing at how stupid it was. But I think that given who Edgar Wright is and what he's written, I think that's probably intentional. Yeah, I would say the same. That's the thing, though, is it felt out of place in what the type of, like, what kind of movie was, was this supposed to be a comedy? That's I the think, weird thing, and I do saying, wonder right? if there was some sort of studio interference or what have you, because a lot of the parts that don't work for me seem like parts of the movie that Edgar Wright wouldn't necessarily make. Like, a lot of, yeah. like, the later action stuff where babies, you know, running around and, like, shooting guns. Yeah, and, parkouring and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like, where, where in... Before that, he was being set up as a vaguely awkward guy whose only thing that he's good at, criminal-wise, driving. is driving. He mm -hmm. can't even fire a gun properly in that scene where they waste all the cops. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's a professional five minutes later. Right. Yeah. Which happens a lot in crime movies where someone falls into the, into the crime syndicate. You know, they start out the movie being a, a civilian, and by the end of it, they're super soldier number nine or whatever. Mambo number nine. Yeah, uh, Mambo number five. Mambo number five. <laughs> Um, the plot of this movie aggravated me because it contradicted itself, and that's where it, weak, it got weak. If you had shaky characterization, like we weren't quite sure what to do with this guy, or everybody's basically a fucking caricature, then okay, then we don't rely on that because we have a good plot that makes these characters do what they do best. But we had a scene where Kevin Spacey, your kid wants to get out of the game, Kevin Spacey wants him back. He says, You didn't think it'd be that easy. There's a reason I never use the same crew, but I'm making you come back. And then five minutes later, the whole fucking crew is people from previous heists. Um, why even have the kid get out of the game and then have to get dragged back into it? Why not just make that be his last heist? And that's the one where everything went to hell. And then that's why it's so important, because I need to do this heist and get the fuck out of here. Because then it would have made sense when he was offered multiple opportunities to drop out when Jamie Foxx shot the cops or when they told him, just go home, we don't need you, or 24 hours, it's just everybody gets the fuck out of the country. And he's like, no, come on, let's do this heist. If that was supposed to be his last heist instead of him doing the last heist previously and then this was the just because you can't get out of the game even though you can type of thing, it would have given him some kind of a reason to want to actually go through with it. Yeah, the story itself just was not cohesive, and I think as a result of that, you have so many places where you could where you can jump in and say, "Wait a minute, why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. Why don't they do this instead?" And you can do that pretty much throughout the entire movie. Like it's it's very odd how none of the characters really have anything compelling them. There's nothing compelling the story to move forward in a linear fashion. It feels like it's just a series of almost unrelated events occurring in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a series of vignettes. And exactly. I think my that's my problem with a lot of Edgar Wright's movies, and I've noticed the ones where he has Simon Pegg working with him, since Simon Pegg does the writing, uh, are a bit more tightly scripted. Like mm -hmm. Shaun of the Dead... Uh, is more tightly scripted. Hot Fuzz is definitely more tightly scripted mm -hmm. than I was this bring movie. Up Hot Fuzz, because uh, but like Scott Pilgrim, um, and I haven't seen The World's End, but Scott Pilgrim and Shaun of the Dead, in my opinion, to a lesser extent, and this movie all have the problem where it feels like stuff just kind of happens. Yeah, you go forward with this, and it just seems like when things went wrong, when things didn't happen like that. Like I was saying, I thought that Hammy, whatever the fuck his name was in the movie, John Ham. John uh, Hamm, what was his character? Buddy. buddy? buddy yeah. Or Jason something or other. Whatever, we're going to go with Ham. They established Jamie Foxx is a fucking lunatic. He is the problem here. He's going to fuck this up for everybody, and he's an asshole, and nobody likes him. Ham and his wife were like, yeah, we're going to kill Jamie Foxx. Things like that, where they start setting it up where you think there's going to be a certain kind of, you expect something to happen, like... The ham, ham, the ham, <laughs> the ham, 
John Ham Sandwich. Let's call him by his yeah, real full name. Mr. Ham was bonding with Baby. I can't even say these fucking names with a straight face. Baby and Ham. But they're bonding over Queen. Oh, what's your heist song? What do you listen to? You know, all that. They're making friends. This guy loves his wife. Jamie Foxx is a psychopath that wants to fuck the wife. Ham wants to kill Jamie Foxx because of that. They have all this shit going on where you're expecting it to go a certain way. And it feels like at that point they were just purposely fucking things up to say, well, you didn't expect that, right? Even if it made no fucking sense. I could have seen it instead of Jamie Foxx shooting a bunch of cops when they went to buy guns. And then Ham lying for Jamie Foxx when they all had a good opportunity. Dude, that guy's fucking nuts. I don't want to work with him. Because we're all professional criminals that know the stakes are high and we don't want it being fucked up by a wild card. They purposely didn't do shit like that and then made Ham the villain and everybody died and then Baby kills Jamie Foxx for whatever reason. And now, all of a sudden, fucking Kevin Spacey, who the guy who threatened to murder everybody that Baby knew if he didn't drive the car, is like, oh, get out of here, you kids. Here's your mom's mixtape. Yeah, he had in- what I would call instant dad reasons Yeah, for letting him go. They literally all thought this kid was recording them to rat them out to the cops and they were ready to kill him. They threatened to kill everybody in his family, yet they left the deaf guy alive when they ransacked the apartment. The deaf guy, I might add, that Baby, like, when he's planning on going on his road trip before he's completed his last heist that he agreed to, and he's just playing the ditch, the the guy, like, that Baby doesn't care about at all. Yeah. Like, the safety of, even though it's established, Kevin Spacey knows where he lives. He threatened him multiple times, and he didn't follow through on that threat. You have shit like that happening, and then you think when he's recording his conversations, maybe that's his backup plan, maybe that's how he'll outsmart them and get out of the game if they won't let him leave the game. Maybe he'll be able to do some shit like that. They throw that out the window, and then you look at a movie like Hot Fuzz, where through the whole fucking movie, they're telling you, everybody and their mother has a gun. Oh man, it would suck if some kind of terrible thing happened that made everybody start firing guns. They purposely tell you that the whole movie, you already know it's going to happen, so that when it does happen, you're like, oh, wow, that's fucking great. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, they set it up for you, and then you get a payoff. This was like they were purposely making you define your expectations, not for the sake of making a good movie, but just for you to go, oh, well, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, and... At the detriment of the movie. You shouldn't subvert my expectations if you're not going to do it in a meaningful way. Like... It, it just feels cheap at that point. It actually made me mad. Yeah. To me, it doesn't feel cheap. It just feels like the people who were making the movie didn't know what they were doing. Exactly, it feels like yeah. it, feel, it doesn't feel like, oh, that was a cheap trick. They tricked me. To me, it feels like, oh, they literally don't know how to make movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean cheap in like a cheap trick sense. I mean in a low-budget sense. Yeah, yeah. I think they actually said, hey, they're going to expect that this is going to happen. Let's do the exact opposite to fuck with them. Also, I think too many things in this movie come down to babies and idiots. He's, he's the stupidest fucking protagonist I've seen in a film in a long time, not counting giant robots. Yeah. Like, he had he had the opportunity to leave with the girl multiple times before he actually tried to. He had the opportunity to say, after Jamie Foxx shot all those cops and they came back and uh, Kevin Spacey was very angry at them for shooting his cops, and Kevin Spacey was like, okay, you should, or I'm calling it off, and then everyone was like, no, and then it's like, it's down to baby. He could have said, yeah, we're calling it off, I'm going to get out of town. Yeah, I would have been like, Jamie Foxx is fucking nuts, I'm done. Jamie Foxx wouldn't have found his recorder if he hadn't played the recording to himself multiple times. In front of Jamie Foxx? Yeah, basically just around a corner. (laughs) What are you fucking stupid? (laughs) In fact, that's the point, too. When they shot all the cops, and Jamie, uh, when they went back and Kevin Spacey was like, okay, we're calling her off, what the fuck? They could have ended it there. Baby could have been the one to go, okay, man, you know, uh, you're right, we shouldn't do this. Then they get mad at him. Because he wanted, you know, he was the one that shoehorned their heist or whatever, or, you know, buttfucked their heist when they had the chance. Now Jamie Foxx is coming after him. And he's got to go grab his girl, he's got to grab the guy, he's got to run for his life. Jamie Foxx is now the villain. Yeah, I would have totally liked it if Jamie Foxx, like, like the, the tail end of this movie was Baby has his girl, Jamie Foxx is chasing after him. We should also mention that Jamie Foxx's name is Bats because he's batshit crazy. But, or Leon, if you're Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Bats is chasing after him. 
uh, to get his revenge for like, oh, you you fucked up my last job. I was gonna make all this money, mm-hmm. and then uh, John Chicken Ham Sandwich comes in like Han Solo at the end of it and kills Jamie Fox. That would have been a much better uh, climax, in my opinion. I would have had Ham's wife get shot when they shot. They had to shoot out with the cops. Well, she did get shot, but I would have yeah, had her blamed. die. Ham is super fucking pissed at Jamie Foxx for fucking the shit up. Then the heist gets fucking shelved. Ham had his chance to bond with Baby beforehand. Jamie Foxx is coming after Baby. Ham sees a lot of himself in Baby. And he's like, look, man, get your girl, get out of here. You know, it's too late for me. I This is the life I chose. I'm bleeding to death. I got shot in the gut after I killed Jamie Foxx. Your hands are still clean. Take your girl. Get out of here. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Would have been a fine way to end that movie. Yeah. Or hell, have it have it so that John Hamm's the one who gets shot, and then his girlfriend goes and does all that shit, because like, the, the female characters in this movie are the least dimensional characters. Like, Deborah, Debbie, what, Deborah? Yeah, yeah, the waitress I think, girl. I think that pretty much establishes, like, how bad the plot of the movie really is. The fact that there are so many different ways they could have taken it, and then they chose not to do mm-hmm. it that way. Because it literally all fell apart as soon as Jamie Foxx fucking was introduced. Yeah, but Deborah is like, she's just a waitress. That's all we know about her. That's literally it. She likes music and knows she, how to sing. Yeah. That, she had a shitty upbringing just like him. They're doing their best. Yeah, we and the shitty upbringing is even kind of vague. Like, we, we know more about babies than hers. I mean, yeah. I, I can understand that it's not important. And as long as they explained it to us that, oh, this is kind of why they're bonding, we don't need her whole fucking backstory. But she's the only character without a last name. Give her something to do. Yeah. Anything. Uh, Put them both on the road and they're running for their lives and they have to interact with each other. John Hamm's girlfriend is literally just a stripper. That's it. Literally it. And that's why when you were saying how maybe she does that shit instead of Hammy, I was kind of like shaking my head. At least with Hammy, we had the couple of moments of him bonding with Baby. Yeah, which they then throw out. Literally got nothing to do with anything with this chick. I'm not saying spend more time developing her. I'd rather you develop some other characters who could have necessitated it better if we're going with the she should have died plot. But, I mean, again, if these people are all just here to say one-liners for the trailer, why do we even need so many of them? Yeah. Well, I think that actors like... John Hamm and Kevin Spacey and Jamie Foxx, like, when you put them on the movie poster, you're gonna attract people. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. People I was su- know John Hamm from Mad Men. People know Kevin Spacey from a lot of shit. House yeah, of Cards. People know Jamie Foxx from movies that he's been in. Um, and then, one thing that did, that did surprise me is how many people were actually in the theater. Like, I assumed that that there wouldn't be anyone in the theater except us. Like, yeah, I-, I... I was surprised that so many people actually showed up to watch this movie same i thought this movie had two week wonder written all over it mm-hmm. like i'm glad that I, I was glad that you had told me about it because i assumed i was going to miss it again yeah because i don't pay attention to release dates yeah so i mean the movie i think none of us really have anything good to say about it from a critical perspective I'll is say there one good thing yeah and i'll stop cutting you off i know you haven't had a lot to say i see you over here browsing on reddit I liked when when they did have to use the music. I would have liked them to tie that into the movie a little more. And at least when they had things like gunshots and car chases, they synced it up to the music. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's always nice to see Kevin Spacey. Always nice to see Kevin I just, Spacey. Yeah. He lives in Baltimore. He has a place in Baltimore now. Yeah, he has a lot of places. But there were some nice things they did. The problem was they didn't do enough, and none of that was important enough to drive the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there was no, there was nothing in the movie itself that I felt like I could have I would have been just fine watching clips of this movie on YouTube and just seeing the like the best parts of it instead of watching the whole movie. But that being said, is there anyone that you would recommend watch this movie? Like who is who should the target audience for this movie be and why? I can't really think of a target audience for this movie because my issue with it is that it's not it's not smart enough for smart people, and it's not dumb enough for dumb people. Yeah, it's not good enough to be a good movie, and it's not bad enough to be a bad movie. I feel like if I if I was in high school and went and watched this with friends, we would have had a good time. Yeah. But I also feel like 
it's not going to be a movie that I'm going to buy or have any desire to watch a second time. So that's why I equate it to that summer movie because this is I mean if you're in if you're in high school and you want to go watch a movie with friends, I would say you can go watch Baby Driver. You'll laugh a couple times and that'll be it. Like just be okay with blowing your 10 bucks cuz you're not going to you're not going to get too much out of this thing. Yeah, if you're looking for an activity, I suppose you can do that, but my my problem with movies kind of on a large scale is that that's all that seems like they're concerned about anymore. Like, mm-hmm. and you could argue that that's always what they were concerned about, but like anymore movies are written just so they can get that $10, get that like, eh, hey, you can go fucking see it whatever. So, Frank, me and you went and saw Ninja Assassin back I think during summer of our junior year or senior year. How would you relate like this movie to Ninja Assassin? Which one would you rather have seen? That actually wasn't me, dude, because I have never seen Ninja's Dam. Oh, I what have was, Ninja Assassin. Oh no, it wasn't Ninja Assassin. We should watch it. It was the horror movie with the pirate guy with the hook. Oh yeah, my soul to take. Yeah, my soul. I was to take. just talking about that movie okay. the other day. Actually. So, which one would? Which of the two movies would you have rather seen? Because my soul to take, in in my opinion, is a is a bad crap movie. Yeah. Like I don't. I got nothing out of it except for the fact that it was me and my friends laughing at the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing. My soul to take is shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's unequivocal garbage. Wes, Wes Craven at his worst. But I had a lot of fun making fun of that movie. Yeah. Baby Driver uh, is a movie that I was able to enjoy more as a movie, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not able, I wasn't able to riff it. Yeah. So I think what it comes down to is. I would rather watch My Soul to Take with friends, mm-hmm. but if I had to pick one to watch alone, I'd rather watch Baby Driver. Gotcha. See, it's interesting, too, because I, I think I think I'm almost on the same boat as you with that, although I probably would pick Baby Driver in both instances just because, to me, I'm, not a, I'm just not a fan of, of bad movies. But on the flip side of that, with a bad movie, when you, watch, when you walk into the theater with your friends and you know you're going to see a bad movie... There's no room for disappointment. You know it's just going to be something you can make fun of. Whereas with Baby Driver, it was fun, and then it had that aftertaste of disappointment. Yeah. And that's what really ruined the experience for me, is that that leaving and thinking, man, it could have been better. Like, I'm not going to walk out of the theater after watching my soul to take and complain about the movie. I'm just going to be like, yeah, it was a shit movie. But, like, remember that time that guy got killed really stupidly? That was pretty funny. Remember that Rob Zombie joke that I made? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like my movies to either be good or to be absolutely fucking batshit stupid so that I can laugh at them. Mm -hmm. Like you said, this movie did not go to either end of that spectrum. A movie like Ninja Assassin... That is a, by our standards, a low-budget movie. It was a high-budget movie for the foreign market that it was made for. And it was just supposed to be a stupid, violent, martial arts ninja action movie. I've never seen Ninja Assassin You should either. fucking see Ninja Assassin. <laughs> I have it upstairs on DVD. We'll unpack our shit. We can watch it. It's. it's I've implanted false memories in my brain of us re- going to watch that history. movie. Yeah. There might have been a trailer for it before it's, my soul to take. It's a brilliant movie because you will laugh at how stupid it is when they think they're filming these serious scenes and then you're laughing your ass off at the hard work these people put in. That makes it a genuinely better movie than Baby Driver. Does it make it a better movie? Be- better to me. More enjoyable. more enjoyable. Yeah. I, I would literally tell you if I can only have one of these movies ever existing and the other one gets launched into the sun... So, throw Baby Driver into the sun. I'll take Ninja Assassin so, any day. Because do you do you think it's it the film the film craft of of Ninja Assassin is better, or do you think you just had more fun watching the movie? I felt like it fulfilled a purpose better. Okay. When we talk about film craft, the thing I keep saying with Baby Driver is that there are other movies that do the exact same thing better. Right. You want better characters? You can find a movie with better characters. You want better driving? There's a movie with better driving. You want a comedy? You can grab another Edgar Wright movie that's funnier than this. Okay. Kevin so, Spacey was phoning it in, even though it's nice to see him. Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Always Fox nice was to a, see the Spacey. It, it's always great. I like when he comes around. I mean, I just got done watching five seasons of House of Cards, and that's Kevin Spacey at his best. Yeah. This is Kevin Spacey looking down at his phone, not paying attention while he just reads lines off a script. Wasn't that wasn't that freaking House of Cards too? No, he's hang on a second. On PSP. Hang on a second, Claire. I'm gonna play some video games on my smartphone. 
<laughs> I really like Candy Crush, Clay. <laughs> to be fair, he was playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing in Baby Driver that I can't get somewhere else in a more enjoyable way. Yeah. At least Ninja Assassin is pure fucking schlock. Yeah. We laugh at how dumb it is. It's like watching a Gary Daniels movie. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. See, I'll I give Edgar Wright a couple points for trying. Uh, I wouldn't give anyone associated with my soul to take any points. <laughs> oh, man, that movie. I think it's interesting that this movie got five stars in Cinema Blend. They said this is the must-see movie. What would you say, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes? 97, I think, but still. In, everybody, Drive has a 92, I might add. Everybody's looking at this fucking movie. Better than Drive, that pisses me off. But everybody's looking at this movie like it is the shit. It's fucking great. So... Here's the thing about that, though, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but in the same way that you enjoy Ninja Assassin more than Baby Driver, there are a lot of people that went into this movie, and it's not a better movie than Drive from a critical perspective, but they had more fun watching it, and that's why it has a better score, is more people had fun with this movie. So in that instance, maybe Edgar really knew what he was doing when he was throwing this shit together. He was like, you know what? I'm going to sprinkle all the ingredients on this thing, and I think I know how to how where to put this grain of salt and where to put this grain of paprika so that I can appeal to the most number of people and, and people are going to walk away yeah, from this movie. Yeah, that's a, a big time. problem in Hollywood, though. Yeah, that's the, are we, the, the are Nickelback we, McDonald's problem. Are we trying to cover all our fucking bases and go for maximum money? Or are we trying to make a meaningful piece of art? And that's, and that's the problem. Kind of why I feel like... But the you, Ninja you Assassin... Yeah, that, like, I'm getting that. Like, yeah, I was just saying. Like, but then, like, it seems like you're holding the movies. Well, Ninja Assassin, they actually went out there and tried to make a good action movie. They just failed terribly, and that's why it's amusing to me. Yeah, they okay, failed in spectacular okay, okay. fun ways. So, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. So, so I get what you're saying. The intent also matters. Well, that's what I wonder because we're sitting here talking about how this movie's just meh, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, this movie's a godsend." So then that's, at what point are we lowering our expectations and that's why this movie's rated higher? Do people just think, uh, it's not Transformers, it must be a better movie, let's give it a high score? There is something to be said for that. Like, not, not for that as a legitimate practice, but like, I think the reason why this movie might be standing out so well is what else is out right now? We have Transformers, Dark Knight of the Last Moon, Fallen Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cars 3. Cars 3. <laughs> Revenge of the Last Moon, Fallen Cars Man. Cars 3, Revenge of the Silver Surfer. And... Like Cars boss. 3, Rise of the Millennials. Yeah, Fucking Rise of the Millennials, basically. Boss Baby. Like. Bo- yeah. Despicable Me, four and a half. I think it's we, three. We've three. got the Emoji movie coming out, the Mummy. That There's nothing to compare this to, so... By that, that, you know, by that metric, this movie's a good movie, is what they're saying. Yeah, and I... If you view it as the best thing to watch this summer... That might be valid. <laughs> that's, Isn't that's, that what the reviews were pretty much saying? No, the reviews are saying like this is a rip roaring fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, they're not they're not saying it's the best thing out there. They're saying this is really good. Like read Cinema Blend's review of it. They're literally telling you like this is a legitimately good movie. Hmm. But that's the thing I wonder about this then is are we just lowering our expectations because we've been fed shit? I'm I think to a degree as like uh, from looking at film uh, critically Yes, but also for everyone that's a film critic, there's someone that goes to a movie just to watch a movie and have fun, and so I don't want to discredit those people from their enjoyment of of movies. I'm not saying those people can't enjoy it, but if those are the people reviewing movies, are they not considered critics? got five stars, and it's got 90-something percent. Those reviews are coming from somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. We just actually sat here this whole time. We talked about how this movie was a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I would go see it. I mean, why not? We didn't give it a glowing recommendation. So why is it getting those high scores? That I don't get. So, because we're looking at the movie from a critic's perspective. Oh, no, the 97% is critics. That's what yeah, I'm saying. not, like, user score. I know, but the way that the critics are approaching it is they're, like, from... And I have only glanced over at a couple of reviews, but... The way the things that I've read about the movie from critics have been not quote unquote critical thinking applied to the movie. They've literally just been, this is a great action movie with this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, that's literally what your average Joe is going to say about a movie. There's nothing 
you're not looking at this movie from a like a film critic's perspective. You're looking at it from a general consumer's perspective. And I think that from that perspective, the movie becomes a lot more appealing. There are a lot of people that'll gonna, that would go and watch Drive and probably think it was a crap movie because they didn't have fun watching it, and they're going to give it a bad review because of that. Because they were bored. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of people who go to fucking Applebee's. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's the jingling the keys in front of the baby scenario. Yeah. Well, I think my problem with that is that, like, yes, we need to allow people to have fun summer movies. I like fun summer movies on occasion, mm-hmm. but... I think that my issue with it is that that is such a large segment of the population mm-hmm. that all movies are now being tailored towards that. Yeah. Where And we're losing out on a lot of the artistry of film. Yeah. And this is why I really... should kill all stupid people. <laughs> no. This is why I actually, like, the more I thought about Baby Driver, the more I was okay with it. And that's because we already have the driver and we already have drive. And so Baby Driver is that general consumer spin on the product that's already gone for the highbrow. Well, yeah, but we have seven Fast and the Furious movies if you want a stupid car movie. We have the Gone in 60 Seconds remake if you want, like, a stupid mass market car movie. At what point But do they're you... not... Oh, go ahead. At what point do you, you know, we know a real good fucking hamburger when we see one, Right. You know, if you go somewhere nice and you get that nice $12 fucking mm-hmm. hamburger and it's real actual fucking meat and it's mm-hmm. not ground up gym mats. But then you can go to McDonald's and spend the dollar and get the fucking Whopper and it's like, man, whatever, it's okay, it's a burger. Yeah. At what point do you forget that that real good ass fucking burger exists and then you start telling me the Whopper's the best burger you ever ate? And there's also an interesting point there in that a Whopper is cheaper than a good hamburger, whereas these movies are $12 a throw no matter what. Yeah. I feel like that that Baby Driver is the fast casual Red Robin of the cheeseburger world where they they like you don't go to Red Robin to get good food, but it's better than Burger King. And so like it, it hits this weird middle ground. But to me, I, I don't want to say that Baby Driver is a middle ground because I don't give the movie a five out of ten. I would give it two scores. I'd give it a one out of ten and a, like an eight out of ten because the good parts are good, but the bad parts are really, really bad. So it's like it's like you get a good cheeseburger, but you can only eat half of it, and then like you accidentally take another bite, and it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. And I, th- I, I do think that we're also discounting the fact that you can have a well-made blockbuster. You can have a well-thought-out movie that is like a big, not, not even necessarily big budget, but a thing that is mass-marketed, but well-made. Yeah. This movie could have been made without the plot holes, and it still would have had as much mass-market appeal as it did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I th- that's one of the things I try not to... I think it's important to consider the commercial success of movies, but I try not to let that impact... Like, that doesn't impact my enjoyment of the movie. If, if no one watched this movie, I still would have enjoyed it just as much as I did. If yeah. everyone in the world watched this movie, I would have enjoyed it just as much as I did. But it is interesting to look at the movie from the perspective that, hey, maybe the maybe the producer and director were really trying to take this driver genre and throw some mass market appeal on it to see if they could get more people into that. And uh, in that way, like I think that it'd be really fun to, to visit each of the three movies or four, if we want to put Le Samurai in there and kind of compare them because I think that each movie brings something unique to the genre and I'm. I want to like. There's got to be like an animated version of this as well, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's called there's Cars be... Three. <laughs> cars Three. No, it's called wait, wait. Cars Two. Wouldn't, wouldn't Cars Three be Baby Driver? Like cars driving babies. You know, it's it's. Special. I'd really like to see a car get inside of another car <laughs> and drive that car. I want to see a car drive a car. My problem with it is, I get what you're saying about mass market appeal, and they tried to do that and they succeeded. But that still doesn't mean that on the merits of the reviews, like the movie was reviewed on the merits of what it does well, Mm -hmm. they're literally saying it's practically a flawless movie. If I read reviews that said it had problems, but the things that it does are good, and a movie that gets fucking 90-something, like, what was it, 97%? Yeah. 97% is practically a perfect movie. So why are we just throwing a 97% on a movie that obviously has flaws, is what I'm saying. That is a good question. Cinema Blend gave this movie five out of five stars. 
I feel like we did get kind of off in the weeds on the mass market appeal thing because it's not well, like that's any important. of us. That's That makes sense. Yeah, it's an what? important thing to address, but it's not like any of us have a problem with the fact that this is a mass market movie. We have problems with the weaknesses of the plot and the characters and the yeah. things I don't... that, like, if they're good in a movie, that, then that just proves you made a good movie. Yeah. But if they're bad, can be excused, but... Yeah, well, like you and know, the, the excuse with shit like Transformers and the Mummy and Terminator Genesis, God rest its soul. There's reviews and there's box office numbers, and that's always how they go. Like Transformers, I don't care if it has 16 percent on Rotten Tomatoes; it's going to make 48 billion dollars in China. We're making our money back. It's successful. So that's always the way you can look at these movies: is if it's got a good review score, it might actually be a good movie. If it's got big box office returns, it's probably a mass market movie. But this is a movie that's literally the reviews are high, saying it's a good movie. Completely separate from something like how much money will it make in China? I can understand why people would have problems with the scores that critics are giving the movie. Um, I'm gonna read some of the reviews just because, like, I haven't, I don't read reviews for things. Um, also. There was a point I was trying to make, and I got distracted by all these reviews that were essentially tweets, which really annoyed me. Also, it's, <laughs> it is quite possible that the art of reviewing has taken a nosedive, too. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. Um, okay, it's very interesting to think about what these... Like, I, I, want to, I want to read these reviews because I want to know what the reviewers are actually saying about the movie. Because if they're saying, hey, I went to this movie and I had a good time, 10 out of 10, it's like, oh, okay, at least I can see where they're coming from. If they went to the movie and said, this movie was masterfully written and all the actors did a really good job and the characters were very well developed, I would take issue with that because I, I don't really agree with it. And that's not going to change my my opinion of the movie. But if reviewers are are saying things like that, it doesn't line up with what I saw in the theater. It's kind of the problem with review scores in general, and this is always a problem with video games. So everybody makes oh, fun God. of fucking IGN and shit. I read the review because this is the this is when we talk about all oh, Metacritic scores and all that. We're just looking at a number. And we're not looking at the the ham and bones of the thing. The ham and bones. What the fuck was that? Okay, <laughs> I said chicken ham at one point. <laughs> all right, so I read the review and I get your experience with this thing. And that's so I know where you're coming from. But when you actually give it a score and break it down, that review is that that the score is supposed to be based on mechanical merits. We're going to talk about writing. We're going to talk about cinematography. We're going to talk about that kind of shit, you know? That's, the, that's what they do with video games. It's what they're supposed to do with movies. They don't seem to do that anymore. It just turns into, well, I had a good time. Great movie, like you said. Yeah, and there is some portion of reviews that are inherently subjective because it's always, you know, one or two critics, whatever. And that that the experience is relayed through that person. But much in the same vein that I can't find $200 while in the McDonald's drive-through and then have that be the best cheeseburger ever. You can't allow that subjectivity to take over the review. When we have two reviewers like when we had Cisco and Ebert they would both tell you what they thought of the movie and very simple thumbs up, thumbs down. You're going to see it, you're not going to see it. Different kind of thing. You had two completely different people who can give you completely different opinions and you could see which one lines up on it. Can, I, up. can I interrupt for a second? Yes. I don't think anyone who reviewed this movie actually watched it. Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Here's Rolling Stones. Here's Rolling Stones. Okay, I... Um, what did they rate it? Is that four and a half stars? Three and a half out of four. I'm okay. just going to go ahead and read the headline. Baby Driver Review. Buckle up for Edgar Wright's Go for Broke Pulp Musical. I wouldn't call this movie a musical. I wouldn't call it a pulp story, really. Do you right, think it's here. musical in the same way The Martian is musical? Here's, here's, here's the first line <laughs> of the review. Now, this is what I call a summer movie. Agree. It definitely feels like a summer movie to it me. It is a movie that came out in the summer. Mm -hmm. Baby Driver has it all. Thrills, laughs, sex, nonstop action, a killer soundtrack... Okay, I'm just going to stop there. There's there was no sex, the sex in this movie. This person did not 
this person did not watch the movie. Yeah, we were the, actually the only... we were saying like I'm surprised the one trope they didn't check the box off for was people fucking in a car. Yeah, the only sex they had is the fact that girls have butts. That's about it. Exactly. I don't think that anyone actually. I'm. I'm. I've been reading through reviews for a couple minutes, just kind of glancing through them, and I, I. There's literally huge inconsistencies. Lots of these. Uh, let's see here. Top critics with quotes around it. On uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, they have a bunch of typos and stuff in their articles using the incorrect version of your, so they're automatically Stupid. not. Yeah, I'm not going to classify. I'm not going to listen to people who don't use, who write professionally and can't be bothered to write correctly. Yeah, if, so how am I supposed to take what you're saying seriously if you can't? Yeah, take it so I'm going to go ahead and um, just make a, a sweeping generalization here that the review industry is completely pointless and don't bother with reviews. Just go watch, look at a movie poster and then go watch a movie based off of the poster. It'll Unless be it's accurate. our reviews, then you should no, listen no, no, no. to everything we say. No, thank you for tuning in to the <laughs> final episode of Boomcast at the Movies. <laughs> no, well, we're here, we're here to entertain you. Now go watch the movie if you want to or not. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't think anybody should ever watch this movie, but you're going to watch it anyway. You might as well watch it. Yeah, I... Fuck it. I've given $10 for worse. It's basically where I'm at. Like, Yeah, I had fun. I laughed. I can't discount that. So I I was I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, even though I left being pleasantly disappointed. It's not high art, but it's not shit. I'm really confused at the fact that I'm disappointed at this movie when I went into it with literally no expectations. I didn't know what it was. It's because it That's raises because your the, expectations the, at the, the start. The, it's not yeah. like it's not like this movie's one mediocre slog all the way through, like that mm-hmm. fucking Catherine Heigl serial it's an, killer. It's movie an eight out of ten that the regresses yeah, to a one like, out of ten. Yeah, it's like it, it fucking it go it starts here, it goes here, and then it's like goes here, and then fucking which it, everyone on listening to this episode knows exactly <laughs> where your finger was. So well, that's perfect. why they, they I that's voice. why I said here and here. There's there's more to it than here and then here because <laughs> it's high and then low. Don't worry, we'll have a camera pointed at us soon enough. Uh, well, yes, in non-Italian terms, it starts in the middle. To say that in terms that don't require visual aid, it starts at about a 5, it gets to an 8, it dips to like a 3. So that's where all of the inconsistency comes from. And yeah. that's why like, you can leave the theater being disappointed. Yeah. So before we get way too off topic, do we have any closing thoughts? Don't bother seeing this movie. So you would recommend absolutely no one see this movie? I think it's a waste of time. Just go watch Drive. Okay, Frank. There are definitely much better movies that you can pay per view, mm-hmm. or DVR, Netflix. There's a lot of options out there. But if you're gonna go to the theater anyway, and that's a thing that you're going to do, like whether you're one of these weekly guys or someone who does movies as an activity rather than with the intent of seeing a movie, this is probably the best movie to see. Yeah, if you have a date this week, I'd say this is a good movie to to go on, like to go watch. Why not? Yeah, but I'm not saying go to the theater specifically to see this, but if you're going to be at the theater anyway, it's better Ex- than Transformers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was that was the pretext to, to my recommendation as well. Is if you're gonna if you do want to go watch a movie this summer and Baby Drivers in theaters, you might as well watch it. Or if there's something that interests you more, you can watch that instead. If like, you're going to only see one movie this summer, make it Wonder Woman. Make it <laughs> make it Baby Driver. Baby Driver, it's a movie. I think we can wrap it up, guys. Yeah. yeah. Cool. This has been Boomcast at the Movies. If you would like to yell at us about any of our opinions that are wrong, please hit us up on Twitter at Robot Boombox. Uh, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Robot Boombox, D-O-T-C-O-M. Same with the Faceballs. Check out Faceballs.com slash Robot Boombox, D-O-T-C-O-M. Check out our Friday night streams, twitch.com slash Robot Boombox. Twitch.tv Twitch.tv slash Robot Boombox. Every Saturday at 7 Saturday. Every Friday. How did I fuck that one up? We're all like He says drunk. with a beer in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and a case of beer behind him. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.